Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. You're listening to episode 127 of Process to Profitability. Today, I'm talking about finding your brand voice for your website copy with Erica Holmes. Erica is sharing what a brand voice is and why it's such an important piece of writing your website copy. We also discuss developing your brand voice, including creating a brand alter ego. Erica gives some great examples of how you can use your brand voice on specific pages of your website that can sometimes seem boring and the other unexpected places you can add personality to your website. Erica Holmes is a copywriting expert who helps entrepreneurs find the sweet spot between clarity and personality in their marketing message. She writes website and email copy that makes people say, damn, I need to hire her. Through her work with big and small brands alike, she's seen firsthand that putting personality in your copy is the fastest, best way to attract dream clients. In addition to online entrepreneurs and personal brands, Erica's client list includes eBay, StubHub, and Levi's, and many, many more. She's on a mission to show her kids and other aspiring entrepreneurs that they can make a good living doing what they love, even with an English degree. If you like this episode, I would love it if you would leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show uh, or anywhere else that you listen. We love connecting with you on Instagram if you want to share the episode and your biggest takeaways. Hi, Erica. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm pumped to be here. So I read your bio at the beginning of the show, but I'd love if you could tell us a little bit more about who you are, where you're from, and how you got started in your business. Yeah. So um, I grew up outside, just outside of Washington, D.C. in Alexandria, Virginia, for anybody who may know. Um, I now live in Tampa, Florida. I've been here for about 15 years, but I am um, I'm a copywriter. Um, I am definitely one of those people who have always known what I wanted to be when I grew up. So for as long as I remember, I wanted to be a writer. I was definitely like the nerdy girl who stayed up all night reading Babysitter's Club and Sweet Valley High. And like I've read Little Women probably six times. So I had this vision of being a writer, but I didn't copywriter was not in my vocabulary. Like I didn't know what that was. Um, So I really started out in newspaper journalism. Then I was editor of a lifestyle magazine for about four years, which was awesome. I, of course, in college had this grandiose vision of being like Devil Wears Prada or (laughs) Carrie Bradshaw, you know, Carrie Bradshaw, like Sex in the City. Wasn't exactly how it panned out, but, but it was pretty fun. When I was editor of that magazine, I got to travel, got to do a lot of fashion shoots, I did a lot of profiles on just kind of everyday people, which I think informed a lot of what I do now, kind of bringing out the best of personal brands. Um, So that was a lot of fun. And then eventually I was recruited by a big local digital ad agency here in Tampa. And that was really my introduction to kind of the world of digital advertising and real like traditional kind of copywriting. So I was working with brands like eBay and StubHub, Levi's, Pantene, doing a lot of like digital ads, branded content, a lot of sponsored content, a lot of writing video scripts, all that good stuff. Um, And I loved it. Then when I had my first baby, which was almost eight years ago now, which is crazy. But when I came back from maternity leave, I was like, okay, 
this is definitely not working, like the whole nine to five thing. And my company in particular, it was just not nine to five. I think a lot of people can probably relate to that. It was a lot of overtime um, and it just wasn't compatible with what I wanted my, my life to be like at that time. So I put in my notice when he was about a year and a half and I started my own business. Uh, and I've really never, never looked back or regretted it. Um, I will tell you that I started out doing like all the things um, when I first started my business, anything, any, any kind of writing anybody would pay me for, like blogging, social media. I was still writing newspaper articles, magazine articles, random video scripts, whatever you wanted to pay me for. I was like, yeah, sure. Anything to kind of get this business going and keep my head above water. So it took me probably three years to really figure out what I wanted my niche niche to be um, and who my ideal client was and all that good stuff. And so now that brings me to where I am today. And I like to say that um, I write website and email copy that makes people say, damn, I need to hire her. <laughs> and my secret sauce is helping personal brands and solopreneurs kind of unleash their brand voice and personality and really put it front and center so that they stand out and attract their dream clients. I love that story. And I love that you shared that I think so, like so many of us, you took anything and everything that came along when you first started. I only recently dropped like that very first retainer client who was like, you're just going to pay the bills. I, it's yeah. not anything I want to do, but you're, you pay the bills. And I think we're afraid to admit that we've did, done that, but so many businesses have to start that way. Yeah. I think to a certain extent, it's part of learning. And it's also how you figure out what you like and what you don't like. Like I learned really quickly that social media management was not something that I ever <laughs> wanted to make a living doing. So that was like the first thing I dropped. And then eventually it was blogging. So yeah, I think it's a little bit of trial and error, figuring out where you feel kind of in your zone. Um, and for me, it was website and email copy. So All right. So we are talking about brand voice specifically for website copy today, which is, you know, exactly what you specialize in. But let's start with the basics. If people don't really know what a brand voice is, can we talk about what it is and why it's important to keep in mind when you're writing something like your website? Yeah, totally. So yeah, we hear this concept of brand voice a lot in marketing, and it feels like this intangible buzzword that you can't really measure. And I think if you ask 25 different copywriters about what brand voice and brand personality is, you might get 25 different answers. But at its core, your brand voice is the way that you express your brand personality. It's the words you use, the feelings they evoke. Um, and your personality is really just right the way you think, the way you feel, and the way you behave. And voice is the tool that you use to express that. So just kind of like your personality is the thing that makes your friends, family, partners love you. It may also be the reason that others don't like you, right? Your brand personality is what's going to attract and repel others. Um, so it's really just the way your brand intentionally kind of shows up in the world. The beauty as a business owner is we get to shape that brand personality. If we don't, other people will do it for us, which could be good or bad. But that's kind of one of the reasons it's really important to be strategic about it. The other reason it's super important is you and I, for example, are in super saturated markets, right? There's millions of copywriters, millions of designers. You get to a certain point where everyone's kind of saying the same thing from a business perspective. So it becomes really hard to stand out. So the easiest way to differentiate yourself and make sure that when someone reads your caption or stumbles on your website, that they're like, oh my God, like this is the person for me. They kind of resonate with what you're saying and how you're saying it. And the best way to do that is to kind of let your brand personality and voice 
shine and just kind of be unapologetic. Your brand voice and personality, it's really the only thing you have that's yours and yours alone. So imagine somebody is looking for a designer and they're checking out five different web designers, right? They want to feel, they want to hear that thing or read that thing that makes them feel like you're the person for them. Something that's, they want to find that connection point, right? We're all looking for connection points and the brand voice and personality is just the simplest way to do that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think so many people listening are in saturated markets where there's a lot of people to choose from. And it's not that in a lot of cases, it's not that I'm more talented than every other designer out there. It's just finding the people that I'm going to work with well, that are going to like working with me, as opposed to, you know, I can offer you a website that's a million times better than everybody else can. Right. And a lot of times it's, you know, you want to, again, going back to that little connection piece, some, a lot of people, when you're looking for a designer or a copywriter or whatever, there's a little bit of like an intimidation factor, right? Like you're kind of nervous to like pick the phone and call somebody. So if for me, for example, what a lot of people say when they get on like a discovery call with me is they're like, I love that you love mean girls or, you know, cause I use like mean girls. I, love, I use a lot of movie TV pop culture references in my copy. People call that out a lot. It's like, Hey, it gives us something that we have in common. Other times it's the fact that I've got like two kids and I'm just like, I post whatever crazy things they say on (laughs) on social media and stuff. So, you know, it makes you more of like a three dimensional person versus this like very professional removed kind of entity. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So if somebody feels like they don't really have a brand voice yet, how do they get started developing one? Yeah. So most people might not like this answer. I do have some specific tips, but really (laughs) it's, it's a lot of just practicing it. It's a lot of practicing it, flexing that muscle, seeing what feels natural. Um, I do have a question, a series of questions that I take my own clients through to kind of get a feel for how they want to be perceived. So the number one question that I ask and that I would encourage you to ask yourself as you're sitting there figuring out your brand voice is, how do you want people to feel when they interact with your brand? So for me, for example, when somebody lands on my website, I want them to, I want them to smile. I want them to be like, ooh, like this doesn't have to be so serious and overwhelming and like businessy and stuffy. Um, I want them to feel like fun. And I also want them to realize that like copy doesn't have to be like this boring thing, right? It can be, it can be bold, it can be outside the box. Um, so that's one question is like, how do you want people to feel when they interact with your brand? Another question that I love that's actually on my intake form, actually, maybe this one isn't on my intake form, but if your brand was a celebrity, who would it be? Um, so that kind of gives you really good insight into what, like, what's their personality and what about their personality and voice attracts you to them. And so you can kind of infuse that into your copy. If your brand had a theme song, what would it be? If your dream magazine called and asked you to be on the cover um, and do like a big photo shoot and you could like dream up the photo shoot, what would that look like? That's actually how I came up with the creative design for the art direction for my website. Mm -hmm. If you were going to throw a party, I'm a very like visual person. So when I work with clients, I have them create Pinterest boards because even though it's visual, it helps me understand what they're grabbing, gravitating towards. What kind of books are they pinning? What kind of quotes are they pinning? Are they more like, Ooh, like live, laugh, love, or are they more like, you know, I don't know, are their quotes more like bold and powerful? So those kinds of things, let's see what else, what do you want to be known for? 
Um, if someone were going to play you in a movie, who would it be? All these questions start to kind of paint the picture of your brand personality. And then I do have some more specific exercises. I've got two exercises that I can share um, with your listeners if you're up for that. Yeah, sure. Okay. So one is, <laughs> it's kind of quirky, but if you were to choose, this is more an exercise to kind of flex your muscle in writing in different kinds of voices to kind of feel, you know, to kind of determine the one that feels the best for you. So if you were to choose like a TV cast or a movie cast with multiple kind of different characters, so like friends, or we can take for this example, Sex in the City, right? So you've got the four, right? You've got Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, and Carrie. If you pick one sentence, right? Like say you were like, I love your outfit. And then you're trying to think of how would each of those characters say that in their voice? So Miranda might be like, you know, she's kind of that snarky, sarcastic. She might be like, oh, well, don't you look nice overachiever? Whereas Charlotte is that more like put together prim and proper. She'd be like, you look absolutely stunning. And Carrie might be like, oh, I need that entire outfit in my life. Is it Dior? Whereas Samantha might just be more like rawr. She might just give you like that tiger roar, like you look good. So it's kind of flexing that muscle of when you're saying something, when you're writing copy for your website, writing for Instagram, writing a sentence and then stopping and being like, how else could I write this that might give it a little bit more of a pop? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I think the the questions and like that exercise kind of takes us out of the, what do you want to be known for? Like that's important, but yeah. it gets you thinking beyond those kind of normal questions that we ask that I think are really hard for people to then translate into, okay, what does that actually sound like? Exactly. And one of my favorite examples that's actually kind of going around now, which is really funny because one of the exercises that I do is I call it the taboo exercise. But have you seen that meme that's like, like, I think there's one from Monica and from friends. It's like, tell me your, show me your Monica without saying that you're mm -hmm. Monica. That's kind of one of the other ways to think about when you're talking about this voice, right? It's like, how can you show it through what you're saying and through your language without actually saying it? So one of the other exercises that I do is, have you played Taboo? Do you know how, how that game works where there's like, you know, it might say like Tom Hanks on one side and then on the other side, it's like five things that are like super obvious about that person. So it might be like Forrest Gump, yeah, you know, Toy Story. So do that for yourself, right? Like if you, if your name was on the back of a card, what would be those five things on the back of that card that would be so tied to you and your brand that it would be unmistakably you. And for me, it's like mean girls, champagne, like Sour Patch Kids, family, website copy, email copy. So finding those things, those are kind of like, they could almost evolve into kind of content pillars or something where they're automatically identified with your brand. And so when you're stuck on something to write, just go back to one of those. And a good way to think about this if you're stuck on it is like, what would a friend tag you in on Facebook, right? If they see something and they're like, oh my God, I've got to tag, you know, Samantha and this, what would be some of those things? So okay. those are my two little fun exercises. <laughs> those are fun. I would really love to know, like, where do you find businesses are in their journey when they can really develop this? Is this something we can do from the start? Or is, do you find people have more success if they've been in business for a while? I think that people have more confidence when they've been in business for a while. The thing is, is that you already have your brand voice. You already have your voice, right? It's it's in there. You just don't have that practice of expressing it 
because, you know, a lot of us either come from a corporate background or if we're coming straight out of college or if we're like a stay at home mom transitioning into being an entrepreneur, like we don't we don't have any practice in expressing it other than with our family and our friends. We're expressing our voice every day. We just when you're sitting in front of a blank Google Doc, you're like, whoa, like what is I don't know what to say. <laughs> or, you know, you don't we get stuck on writing about ourselves. We don't want to brag. We don't want to seem like we're, you know. So um, I think it is something you can do from the start. I definitely think it's something that you get more confident in as you go along and the more you do it. And that's kind of why at the beginning I was like really practicing it is just the best way to do it. Yeah. I think it sounds like we probably, if we've been in a corporate setting, we have to untrain ourselves from speaking so formally in our emails where, (laughs) you know, you know how you write those formal professional emails. And when you're running your own business, it doesn't need to be like that. Yeah. And that's something I say all the time, too, is not neglecting grammar, right? Because it's not like we're going rogue and like forgetting everything we learned about proper proper grammar. But you can use contractions. Um, You can start sentences with and or but you can just loosen up, be more casual, read your copy out loud. Does it sound like a robot wrote it or does it sound like you actually wrote it? Read it to your best friend or to your partner. Are they like that does not sound like you at all? Or are they like, oh, yes, like you've got it. So reading out loud is also another really good way to kind of test how your copy sounds. When was the last time you checked to make sure your website was healthy? The only way to know if your website is serving your business and working correctly is to make maintenance a regular part of your to-do list. I've created a maintenance guide at lemonandthesea.com maintenance that will help you get a picture of how your website is performing, what's working and what isn't, and the things you can work on improving so that you can continue to show off your expertise and bring in more dream clients. Inside, you'll learn why website maintenance isn't something to put off until next week, 15 tasks you should be doing on a regular basis to maintain your website, and the tasks you need to do weekly, monthly, quarterly, and yearly. Get the guide at lemonandthesea.com slash maintenance. All right. So do you have any other tips? You've kind of shared some here and there about finding your brand voice, that first piece of figuring out what it is and what it's going to sound like. I think if you, so one thing that I recommend a lot, especially for like an about page when you're kind of writing your origin story, right, is free writing. Again, not everybody's favorite. I'm I'm not a big fan of it either for the record, but I did do it when I was writing my website copy and the beauty of free writing is that you you don't you're not censoring yourself. So these moments like if you're right like for example when I was free writing my my um about page, I was just writing about how I started my business and something that I hadn't even thought about in like 5 years came up to the surface, right? It was like this me- this time I had this meeting with my boss and she was was basically like giving me a hard time about not being visible enough and how I had like been out of the office too much because my son was sick a lot. And that brought up like that kind of little story became part of my brand story. And if I wouldn't have done that free writing exercise, I probably might not even have remembered it. So free writing is a really good way to do that. Another way is to just pick like five things that you love Um, This kind of goes back to what we talked about with like, for example, me with like Mean Girls or like whatever, Schitt's Creek, finding those little things that you want to keep coming back to in your copy and weaving them in that you start to get kind of known for. All right. So those make sense. 
And then you kind of mentioned finding like a celebrity that might play you in a movie, but let's talk about brand alter egos. What are they and how do they help us in this process? Yeah, so fun. Um, So I definitely did not come up with the concept of brand alter ego. I don't know where it came from, but I like that it's a really tangible way to think of your brand personality. So a lot of your listeners may know that a lot of athletes, a lot of celebrities, they've got alter egos like Beyonce, Sasha Fierce, Kobe Bryant was Black Mamba. The concept behind it was like kind of stepping into this character and letting go of kind of your inhibitions, right? If you weren't scared to be the person you really want to be, who would that person be? Because when you were, you know, all those things can kind of stunt your performance, right? So getting out of your head so you can do your best work. So the idea is that when you sit down to write for your business or when you're about to give a presentation or go on a podcast interview, you put like you step into this alter ego and it's like the best, most fearless in the zone version of yourself. Um, So my alter ego is marvelous Mrs. Maisel. So like even before this, I'm a fairly like I'm not I wouldn't say I'm a shy person, but I do get quite a bit of like stage fright when I'm like presenting or I'm going on stage. So anytime I do something like that, I'm like. I don't know if you watch Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, but she says like, I'm like, all right, tits up. Like, here we go. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, it's stepping into this alter ego and kind of leaving, leaving all of your inhibitions behind, like at the door, right? Like when I walked into this room, like regular Erica is out there hanging out and like, (laughs) this is Marvelous Mrs. Maisel here doing this podcast interview. (laughs) So how do you feel like we can hone in on that? I think you know, we know other people do this, but we're not exactly sure how to do it for ourselves and figure out, okay, what, what is that alter ego? And maybe even if you have tips on like, how do you get into that zone when you need to? Yeah. So I think it really, for me, you know, I know like a lot of people use a, like a made up alter ego. I have a harder time with that. I need to find somebody tangible that I can identify with. I th- I really think for me, it was just finding somebody like when I watch that show, I'm like, man, I wish I was more like her. Like, I wish like if I wasn't if I wasn't scared, what would I be doing more of? Well, I might be speaking more on stages. I might be saying more things that I'm like not afraid to say. So I think it's finding that version of yourself that you kind of aspire to be in like five or 10 years, even if it kind of scares you a little bit and just stepping into it in terms of like, what do I do to really get into it? Like right before it happens or right before I sit down to write, I definitely take like five to 10 minutes of just quiet time to kind of like get into that zone. I might even like, I definitely have like even put on like, done like a YouTube clip to like, just get into the marvelous (laughs) Mrs. Maisel persona. Um, Yeah. I mean, I don't really, I, I just kind of know that when I'm, especially when I'm like writing copy, I just like flip into it. I try to flip into it. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm as awesome as Marvelous Mrs. Maisel here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure it just takes practice, but I think the idea, your idea of kind of picking somebody that's a character or something that's to me, at least that seems easier too than having to make somebody up like, because then you can go and say, okay, what might this character do in this situation and pull from that? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So Let's talk about our websites specifically. Like how could we use our brand voice on a page, like a homepage or a services page that can be kind of boring because you're just listing the details, but we want to infuse some personality there. Yeah. Okay. So I have five areas 
on, on the website that I think are like good starting points to start kind of infusing your voice and personality. The most obvious and the, the best place really, if you're, if you feel confident with it is your headlines and subheads, but those are also really hard to write. So definitely for somebody who's not a hundred percent, like super confident in their copywriting skills, I'm a big advocate of clear over clever. So work your way up to those. But the other areas that I love infusing voice and personality are calls to action, which are like extremely underrated. Um, a lot of people just do like learn more or like click here, but you can really have a lot of fun with calls to action on my website. I have like um, hells. Yeah. Or like, tell me more um, on another client's their call to action for her is like, take me to business church. Like just have fun with these, with these calls to action just to give them a little bit more flavor than the old like click here, learn more, get somebody excited to click that button. Um, the other places that I like to infuse a little bit of voice personality are if you're doing your services pages and you're listing out bullets, bullets can be a really good place to infuse some brand voice, especially if you're talking about like features and benefits, like is there a way that you can give some like personality to those? Okay, so for example, one of my clients is a virtual assistant and on her services page, we're kind of teeing up her services pages. And she's like, if you find yourself, you know, with 4,032 tabs open on your browser, um, you know, like little working in specific details like that, that kind of make people think like, oh, my God, yeah, I do have 8,000 browsers open right now. And it's a little bit more fun than saying, like, if you're overwhelmed, right, like, overwhelmed is just so vague in general. What does that actually look like? What does that mean? Is this person like trying to spoon feed their toddler while they're also like replying to an email, like working in those concrete details, I think, especially on your services page is a really good way to do that. I also like to sneak in some personality in my contact page in my questions. Um, I have some fun with the way that I phrase my questions and that a lot of people, that's a point of friction, right? Sometimes for people filling out a contact form can be a point of friction. So sometimes weaving voice and personality into those can kind of, it makes it fun versus like, oh, I got to fill out this form. Um, and then my other, the last place is the about page. I always like to have some sort of either like a 10 things you might not know about me or like a fun fact section or like a little quiz. I think, yeah, at the bottom of my about page, I have a quiz that's it kind of gives a little glimpse of personality. So those are some of my favorite areas. The other thing that I do with like headlines, remember I recommended clear over clever if you're kind of new to it, but one thing that you can do in addition to a clear headline, I use a lot of parentheses. So maybe if you do like a super clear headline, could you do something fun right below that in parentheses that kind of offsets that the super clear, more direct headline? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think those tips are really helpful for people to get started without feeling like they have to either rewrite their entire website or start like from scratch and have personality in every section because that can be overwhelming. But if we're just looking at call to action buttons and a couple of bullet points and like I love including the fun facts when I design websites mm -hmm. because it really connects people. It gives you a little bit more content to add in there. And I think when you are working in a service-based business, you're generally working one-on-one -on -one with somebody. They want to know that you are a fun person for them totally. and that you're not totally going to like clash on what you like and don't like. Yeah. And the other thing, the other area that I love 
that I forgot to mention is like, if you have names for your packages or your services, that's a really fun way to, to infuse personality. Um, like I think mine are, you know, my, instead of calling it like ways to work with me, it's like the copy bar is open and then my packages have like fun names. So can you name your packages a little bit, something that's a little bit more than like website design or like website copy. Like you can say website copy as a subhead so that it's super clear. Um, but can you just name it something that kind of goes in with your brand voice and personality? Yeah. And I think like from an SEO standpoint, when you are doing both of those things where you're being yes. fun, but then you're also being really clear, that's really helpful for like when people are trying to search for you because they've got both of those pieces in there. Yeah. A hundred percent. All right. So is there anything we should avoid when we are developing our brand voice or when we're starting to use it on our website? Like things that you've seen people do that you say we should stop doing those things. So I think one of the biggest like mistakes that I see a lot of entrepreneurs making is I think we can often try to sound too much like someone we admire or follow or sound too much like everybody else. Um, and I think this happens a lot, especially as we're starting out, because we may not be kind of 100% sure of who we want to be, right? Um, so it happens naturally, right? We might pick up like some catchphrases from somebody that we listen to a lot. Like when I'm recording my podcast, I have to like stop myself from like repeating Amy Porterfield, you know, the, her like little catchphrases. <laughs> I got to be like, no, that's her thing. That's not my thing. I got to come up with my own thing. But that's also, those are also kind of learning moments and growing pains. I think if you think back to like, grade school and high school, even college, you kind of just wanted to fit in. You didn't want to be the outcast. So you like talked like your friends, you dressed like your friends because that's what everyone else was doing. But then as we kind of get older and wiser, we step more into our individuality. We get, you know, those life experiences start to shape us. So we kind of start to get more unapologetic about like what we really want to say and who we really are. And I think that that kind of happens naturally as a business owner too. So I think if you, and I'm not saying don't look at other people for inspiration, but maybe look outside your industry just to avoid by accident sounding like somebody that you don't mean to sound like. The other thing is like maybe some oversharing, you know, maybe like some people, I, I think be cognizant about what you want to share and what you don't want to share. If it's a part of your brand to be super vulnerable and really share a lot of details, then go for it. Um, but you don't have to be like necessarily overboard with it, right? Like vulnerability is like a very big buzzword right now, but I think that there's a fine line. Um, there's kind of a fine line there. There's also just going, kind of going over the top with like the Hey Girl, Hey vibe. <laughs> that's something that I definitely <laughs> have seen a lot. Um, but also if that's kind of, if that's your personality, then, you know, own it. But yeah. yeah, that's the biggest mistake I see is really people trying to sound too much like somebody they admire because they're like, oh, I really like that brand. That's something I aspire to be. And so they just kind of naturally adopt their language. Yeah. I think, I mean, even I fell into that when I was early in business. And even now when I'm looking at somebody, you know, that I follow, I'd follow them a lot and I'm checking out their website. It's kind of hard to then step back into my own brand voice sometimes. So I think it's good to make sure that you're really watching that and just, I love the tip of follow, look at people outside your industry. Yeah. I think that's always helpful, no matter what it is you're doing in business to be different than the everybody else that's doing what you do. 
Yeah. And, you know, another thing that I like to do a lot is I'll read, I'll read like fiction or I'll read like nonfiction just to kind of step out of the business kind of space and more into like a creative writing space. And then sometimes that that kind of inspires me. The other mistake that I noticed that we kind of already talked about is this when you're coming from like corporate or more professional background is kind of sounding a little bit too stuffy or corporate or professional. But for some people, they still do want to keep an element of that in their brand voice and personality. And that's and that's OK. Um, but if you don't want to, then I think you can slowly kind of start to like integrate more contraction into your copy, like just be keep it more, be more conversational, incorporate your kind of everyday slang. So, yeah, I think those are the only things that I see are kind of like the mistakes or things to avoid. Okay. So we really talked about website copy today, but like where do you see people then taking this brand voice and like, where are some places that you would then start integrating that outside of just your website? Email for sure. Um, I think that's my personal favorite place. I think to kind of flex the the brand voice muscle because you can tell like for me, each email is like its own little story. Um, so I really like the fact that you can play and experiment a lot, a lot within that small little container. Um, also social media for sure. I incorporated into my proposals. I have a lot of fun with like, you know, I think people view proposals as like this boring thing, but I have a lot of fun with my proposals. Um, I do have a template, but there are areas that I, that I kind of change. Um, I switch up to kind of infuse a little bit of voice in there. My onboarding, my client onboarding, all of my, I use Dubsado. So I kind of have my whole workflow set up and all of those emails are kind of voice and personality packed and they're already pre-written templates. Um, so I think, I mean, like anything you do, I feel like any interaction that somebody has with your brand should feel kind of consistent, as consistent as possible. And again, that's something that you'll strengthen over time. It's not like you need to now tomorrow go and rewrite all of your things, right? But I think those are some of the main places that I um, incorporate voice and personality. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned that we don't need to go rewrite everything right yes, away. Please don't. That's, that's really <laughs> overwhelming. So yeah, it's like everything else. Just pick one thing and start there and then over time, move to the rest of them. Exactly. All right. So is there anything else that I didn't ask about brand voice that you want to cover or tips that you have for people who are listening? No, I can't think of it. I mean, I think we covered a lot. I would say just really try to have fun with it and open up a blank Google doc and write like nobody's reading it. Like just write like nobody's going to read it and see, see what comes out for like 10 or 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you gave us a lot of exercises that people can go back and listen to and kind of work through as they are figuring this out. So I think that'll be really helpful as a starting point too. All right. So as we wrap up today, if you could recommend one thing to a friend, what would it be? That can be business related, life related, whatever you would recommend to somebody. Okay. So my recommendation is going to sound a little bit like, oh, really? Um, and I recommend this to like regular like non-entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs alike is find a fabulous housekeeper <laughs> and take housekeeping off your plate. Yep. That's it. It's literally changed my life. But from a business perspective, it just frees up so much like time and, and energy. So that is something that I recommend to anybody and everybody that I know. <laughs> that's a good one. I saw a, a job 
application, the part of their benefits was that they paid for a housekeeper for you. And I was like, that would be awesome. Yes. I mean, <laughs> seriously. So that is my, that's my recommendation. All right. So where can people find you and connect online? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Erica V Holmes. You can also go to my website, which is ericaholmes.com. And that's Erica with a K. And then I do have a little mini course. It's a five day email mini course, which will, you'll get an email every five, one email every five days, no, one email for five days <laughs> that walks you through how to, how to write your, your website, how to write your website homepage, which kind of complements really well what we, what we talked about today. Um, and you can get that at ericaholmes.com forward slash course. All right, perfect. I will link to all of that in the show notes so people can check it out. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on today. I'm excited for people to dive into these exercises and really start making those little changes so that they feel like their website and their emails and everything reflect their brand. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show.